Thanks for joining us on the New Beginnings Podcast, where our goal is to help people connect with Christ. We hope you enjoy listening. are here for week one of this brand new series called Heroes. Everybody say Heroes. Heroes. How many of y'all are digging like the new hero movie that's been around these last kind of 10, 12, 15 years? Are y'all digging it like I'm digging it? Are are your kids into it as much as your, yeah, my kids are all into this. We, We actually will have a marathon every once in a while. I don't know if you're early, because you know, the, when the new Infinity, you had to marathon up to that thing and go watch all the Avenger movies. And man, it's, just, it's just really, really fun. And I love these movies. And I think as a culture, we're, we're fixated on the idea of heroes. As a matter of fact, even in our office, uh, we, we, have a, we have a hero thing because we were just moving offices around. And uh, when, when Delano took the back office, which we would refer to normally as the cave, I said, well, Delano, now you are, you're Batman. You are Batman. I'm Batman. Um, you're Batman now. And he goes, well, well, who does that make you? And who does that make Nate then if I'm, if I'm Batman? It was just a joke of a conversation. And of course, Nate just said, Wakanda forever. And so, uh, and, then, and then they were like, well, Todd, you, you have a man crush on Thor. And so, uh, you know, clearly, you know, buff dude. You, you know, and I'm like, no, nah, no, nah, I'm, I'm a Captain America guy. Um, all about Captain, Captain Steve Rogers. So anyway, we, you know, but I, I love these movies. I love this idea of heroes and, and a lot of these guys that we're watching the movies of now, I mean, these are really just comic book heroes that were written about and, and kind of created back in like even the 40s. I mean, these have been around a while. And, but we have this idea of heroes, and, and, and I love the idea of heroes. And when I look at the Bible, I see the idea of heroes. Um, you have these stories and moments, and we're, we're going to do over the course of these four weeks is just walk through, I think, some of the great moments where there was a hero who rose to the challenge. There was um, somebody being oppressed or victimized, and a hero stepped in. They were sacrificial. They were inspirational. Many times what you'll find, though, is, is that sometimes they were unlikely. Like you looked at leaders and heroes, and you thought, Really? That guy? That girl? Why? I don't understand. And so what I think this series is going to show you is that we all have, in our own way, the opportunity to be the hero. As a matter of fact, turn to your neighbor real quick, give him a high five and say, hey, be the hero. You be the, you be the hero. When you, when you look at all the different Bible heroes, if you want to call them that, though, they do fit kind of like categories. They fit like different molds. And today I want to talk to you about the idea of an inspirational hero. And this is maybe the one that we go to most often, that inspirational hero, that person that that does something that's so inspiring and it kind of rallies everyone else around them or they say something or do something or champion a cause and you're just like, man, that's my dude, that's my guy, that's awesome. What a, can you, that, that woman is incredible. Can you see what she did, what she accomplished and the impact that she made or whatever it is and that inspirational hero is what we will look at today. And if you have your Bibles, go to Numbers chapter 13 as we look at this story because this is a great story. I'm gonna read a good bit of scripture for you because I can't even do the story justice without reading enough of the text. And so Numbers chapter 13, the Bible says uh, that, that, let me give you the context real quick here. That what the Bible's doing right now is telling this story of Israel. And Israel really starts with a man named Abraham who has a kid named Isaac who has a kid named Jacob who has 12 kids and I can't list all their names and so and then this family they go down to Egypt and then they multiply rapidly apparently and they 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 become so great in size that eventually uh 
the Pharaoh is like getting nervous. He's like, okay, these people are about to outnumber us and they're going to overthrow us. And if something happens or whatever. And so what we need to do then is enslave these people. They start killing the firstborn sons and they start, this is the Moses story, put in the little basket and shoved down the river. And of course, Moses comes out um, as, as this kind of prince of Egypt. If you ever saw that movie. And then of course he leads his people out of Egypt. And there's so many different dynamics going on in that story. I don't have time to even like start, but you just get the idea. These Jewish people, these Israelites are freed from slavery. They go out into the desert and God speaks to them and he gives them the 10 commandments and he gives them all these laws. And he says, you're going to go to the promised land, which just sounds awesome. It's like Disneyland is the promised land. And when you get there, that's going to be your home. It was already your home. You left it. Now you're coming back to it. And, and this is what happens when they get to the brink of the promised land. Moses picks out 12 spies, right? Each spy representing his own of the 12 tribes of Israel. He says, I want you to go into the land. I want you to do some reconnaissance. I want you to check it out. And then you're going to come back and tell us what the report is. And that's where we pick up our story today. So it says that they came back to Moses, the 12 spies. They came back to Moses and Aaron and the whole Israelite community. And there they reported to them and the whole assembly and showed them the fruit of the land. And they gave Moses this account. We went into the land to which you sent us. It really does flow with milk and honey. By the way, it was not literally flowing with milk and honey. That's just an idiom for it was rich and fertile and it was awesome. And he goes, look, here's some of the fruit. But the people who live there, um, they're powerful. Their cities are fortified and really, really big. And, and, and we even saw descendants of Anak there. And what that was code for was that, that later on when you read the story of David and Goliath, and it talks about Goliath, this big, ugly dude, and he was one of the sons of Anak. Basically, they were saying this. There's these giant people living there. like They're huge. They're like giants. And he goes, those are the sons of Anak. So there's giants in the land. Guess who else is there, by the way? Well, the Amalekites, they live over there. The Hittites, Jebusites, Amorites, Parasites, somebody... Ites, they live here in the hill country and the other ones are along the sea. These Ite people are everywhere. So you got these big, powerful people with big, powerful cities. And there's even some giant folk up in there. And they got Ites everywhere. And it doesn't sound that bad yet. Have you ever broken bad news to anybody? And you're like, I'm going to give them the soft version first, right? I'm just going to ease them into how bad this is going to be. But before they really get into the bad, bad stuff, it says this. Like, I think Caleb is like seeing where this is going. He's like, hold on, hold on. I can see they're trying to like, I'm going to jump in on this. So the Caleb says this, he says that he silenced the people before Moses and said, Hey, 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 we should go up and take possession of the land for we can certainly do it. So here you have this one guy, this inspirational leader named Caleb that we'll look at today. And he's seeing kind of the negativity and he's seeing kind of where this is going. He says, no, no, no. Look, we are able. We can do it. We got this. This is God's land that he's given to us. We, we got this. We can do this. And it's ready to take this inspirational moment. And then some people decide to go in a different direction. So this is what it says. It says, but, everybody say, but. Yeah, that's bad. We're pivoting now. But the men who had gone up with Caleb, they said, uh, we cannot. So you got one guy saying, we are able. And you got other people saying, we, we can't. We cannot attack those people. They're stronger than we are. And they spread among the Israelites a bad report about the land that they had explored. 
And they said, well, the land we explored devours those living in it. All these people we saw are of great size. We saw the Nephilim. They remember that giant thing? The, these are the descendants of Anak that came from the Nephilim. You got giant people there. And we seemed like grasshoppers in our own eyes. Like I looked around and I thought, I'm puny. I'm like a little bug. And then when they looked at us, they thought the same thing. That's bad, right? You ever, you ever been in like, you know, like when you were little, I remember having this, like you, you're ready to like get into a fight with somebody and you're like, I'm going to get my butt handed to me. But what's worse is, is when the other guy thinks I'm going to kick that guy's butt and he knows it too. That's, that's what this is like. This is like, I'm going to get my butt kicked and he knows he's going to kick my butt. This is all bad. And so what, but here's what you see though. You see the making of an inspirational hero because this guy named Caleb, what he does is he sets the tone for, we are able and inspirational heroes do this they stay positive when everyone else gets negative like for you to be the inspiration in your own life and for you to be the inspiration in other people's lives you're going to have to learn how to do this you are going to have to learn to stay positive when everything else around you and everyone else around you is getting negative now this seems like todd okay you're, you're kind of talking self-helpish here just stay positive just this is so much deeper than that because this is really coming down to where's your faith And where's your hope? At some point, you need to be a positive person. You need to look at the words, look at the attitudes that you have, and just ask yourself, because we we know this in life. There are people that are half glass empty, and there are people that are half glass full. I'm wanting you to be all the way full. I want you to be completely full of hope, completely full of faith, because here's what you see, is that complainers in life, they look at their obstacles, and then they think about that, and they focus on that. But inspirational people, they do the opposite. They don't look at the size of their problems. They look at the size of their God. And then they say, hey, I am able. We are able. As a matter of fact, I read a story. There was a a great military story I just read. It was about this general. They called him um, General Nuts. I'll tell you why. Um, So in in World War II, this guy, this general led 82nd Airborne. And on Normandy, I mean, they're dropping in behind enemy lines. And where he dropped in at, this is the 1944 Battle of the Bulge, if you've ever heard that, if you guys were awake during history class. During the Battle of the Bulge, they, they, they drop in, but they're surrounded on every side. And the German leader sends in a letter saying, and it's a really fancy letter, you can go read it. It's a really fancy letter saying, hey, we, we've got you surrounded. We can just bomb the whole city, but you're all going to die. The civilians are going to die. Why don't you just respectfully surrender and then at the end of it it says you basically have two hours to surrender from the moment that you get this letter so then he grabs this guy just general nuts grabs the guy this is why he's called general nuts and he goes well hey um he was called nuts because he was the only general that didn't cuss like that's the word on him he didn't cuss and all of his troops knew that and so when they said what do you want to send back to these german guys he said you just send him the word nuts And so when the German guy got that, he didn't know what to make of that. And so literally the guys had to interpret for him. And it basically means, well, you know, it basically means go to, yeah, that's what that means. And so then the general gathers all of his troops and this is what he says to him. He says, men, we are surrounded by the enemy. We have the greatest opportunity ever presented any army. We can attack in any direction. How many know that's staying positive? Talk about a spin. Talk about like some like, hey, there are giants in the land. There are big cities and they're fortified. We can attack in any direction and kill people. 
Like we can do, it's, it's ours, it's ours. And so anyway, this is this idea that I think Caleb has, but he has this positivity about him. He has this ability to focus on what is positive because I think Caleb maybe knew this. Maybe it was just already in him, but he knew, hey, look, your, you, your life goes and follows what you focus on. And if you focus on the negative, you'll go there. This is why focus is, is it really creates a self-fulfilling prophecy. The thing that you fixate on, your body leans toward, your mind leans toward, your emotions lean toward those things and they end up coming to pass or are more likely to come to pass because well you fueled it with all the attention that you gave it you think about all of your thoughts and how much of your thought time and energy you put into that negativity think about the words that you choose when you think about like any given circumstance any situation are you the person that's likely to complain listen to what paul said because paul nails this philippians 4 says this he says finally my brothers and sisters Whatever's true, whatever's noble, whatever's right, whatever's pure, whatever's lovely, whatever's admirable. It's like, okay, I get it. Yeah, it's whatever's good. If anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think on that. Like you need to have a focus to your mind because this is what you need to know. Where does your mind go when it's on autopilot? Most of us go towards negative town. We, we take a left turn right in there and we'll hang out for days and we'll just be grumpy and moody and complain. But you need to know this. Like Paul's saying, think on these things. You actually have to choose what you think on. If you let that thing go on autopilot, it will normally go negative. It's just the way our, our brains... Well, you have to focus your mind. Say, I'm going to choose to think on that which is good and true and excellent and praiseworthy. And if I'll do that, I will have a more positive outlook on life because here's what you need to know complaining you ever think about this watch watch what happens here i'm gonna tell you the end of the story i'm gonna give away a little bit later the israelites don't get into the promised land okay spoiler alert they don't get in do you know why they don't get in you think oh idolatry they're out there worshiping cows and god's mad at them no no that's not it you know like sexual sin no no that's not it what what, what was it just some type of rebellious disobedience they did something crazy no 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 do you know what kept the israelites from entering the promised land complaining what yeah complaining they grumble and the bible talks about this over and over and over again like complaining is a spiritual issue it's not just a personality trait. It goes much deeper than that. And if you're a habitual complainer, this is gut check time to say, you know what? I need to become who Christ has made me to be. I need to shake off negativity and complaining because here's this. Complaining is a spiritual issue. It's the language of victims. Because here's the deal. When you complain, all you're doing is making yourself a prisoner of your circumstances. You're saying, well, they made me mad. Well, they made me angry. Well, this is going on. And all you're doing is pointing to everything around you that imprisons you. And you're saying, no, they control me. They own me. They own my attitude. They own my words. They're owned, they're, they control what I do and what I say. They control all of it. And you become a prisoner. And so you have to literally change your mind and change your words and do it over and over and over again until you have this new lifestyle where you say, no, I think on these things. Remember when Solomon said that life and death is in the power of the tongue, therefore choose yeah, choose your words. You choose your thoughts. You choose your words. You're not a victim to anything. As a matter of fact, this is what the whole gospel is all about, is that Christ is, you ever think about what Jesus said? We said, for who the son sets free, you're free indeed. You're free. Now you can go back and live like this if you want to, but you have been freed. Now go walk in it. And so this is the idea. Now, now watch this as we keep going. So 
There's this idea of complaining. There's this idea of inspiration. There's this idea of faith and hope. But listen, this is what the next happens in the story. Number two is this. This is what inspirational heroes do. They're willing to fight when everyone else runs away. So first they say positive when everyone else gets negative. But then they get in the fight. Listen to what he says here. Numbers 14 says this. It says that night, all the members of the community, they raised their voices and they wept aloud. So remember, they had a good report from a couple people. You had a negative report, report from 10 people. And so the people buy into the negative report. And so they start crying and complaining. So it says all the Israelites grumbled against Moses and Aaron. And the whole assembly said to them, if we had only died in Egypt, is that a pity party? That's like, woe is me. I would have been better off dying in Egypt or in the wilderness. I take your pick. Why is the Lord bringing us you hear the whining, you hear the complaint. Why is the Lord bringing us to this land only to let us fall by the sword? Our wives and children will be taken as plunder. Wouldn't it be better for us to go back to Egypt? It later says that they're like so angry that like they pick up stones to like stone Moses and they're like, well, kill Moses and we'll get a new leader and we'll just go back to Egypt. It's a terrible story. And what you see is, is that they're, not, they're just not willing to fight. They're wanting to complain. They're wanting to be negative. And, and here's what, here, can I just have some sympathy for them? They've been slave for 400 years. Think about that. Think about the history of America, right? A couple hundred years. They had been slaves for 400 years. Do you know what that means? That means their mom and dad were slaves. Their grandparents were slaves. And all they had ever known was slavery. They had a slave mentality because that's all they'd ever known. So you almost have to feel sympathetic for them at some point because you're like, hey, God brought them out of Egypt and, and, and God took them out of Egypt, but he hadn't quite taken Egypt out of them yet. So they complain and they go through this thing, but they've been slaves for so long. This is what they, they developed this mentality. As a matter of fact, it says this. It says, let us go back to Egypt. You know what they were doing in Egypt? Baking bricks for Pharaoh. We'll go back to being slaves. It was just better. It was better when other people took care of us and other people and other... I don't want freedom. I don't want to have... I don't, no, no, no. They, slave mentality was so weird. So you know what God actually allows them to do? Is that God actually says, go back into the desert. And he lets them roam around for 40 years and he lets that older generation die off so that only the young people go into the promised land. It's incredible. But he said, no, because of your complaining, because of your mentality... As a matter of fact, there's a pastor named Will Bowen Will Bowen is a pastor in Kansas City, Missouri, and, and he realized that complaining and negativity was such an issue in his church that he actually did a whole series of talks and sermons, and then he came up with a campaign. He said, we're going to go a 21-day campaign of no complaining. And what he did was, is he gave every church member a bracelet, a little purple bracelet. He said, you got to go 21 days without complaining. That's the goal. And as soon as you complain, you got to start over. So if you complain, you got to take it off this wrist, put it on the other wrist, and then start over. You got to go 21 days. He goes, man, it created a revolution in our church. It became such a big deal in his church that it became kind of a movement in the area. Doggone Oprah picked up on it, y'all. So Oprah picks up on it, brings them on the show, and they sold, I mean, well over 10 million bracelets. And it was lit- they created their own website. The website was simply a complaintfreeworld.org. It's still going. Like it's this idea of like, no, no, if you'll get negativity, if you'll get complaining out of your heart, you can actually become who God wants you to become. And that's what these slaves, they never got their purple bracelet. Numbers chapter 14 says this though. It says that Joshua, the son of Nun and Caleb, the son of that guy, who were among those who had explored the land, they're so upset by what's going on, right? 
You got the ten spies complaining, and then all the people are crying and complaining. So they're so upset that they tear their clothes. This is a sign of repentance to them. And they say to the entire Israelite assembly, the land we pass through and explore is so good. And if the Lord is pleased with us, he will lead us into that land. So you remember the first speech was, we are able. And now the speech is, God is with us. Watch how it goes. He will lead us into that land, a land flowing with milk and honey, and will give it to us. Only do not rebel against the Lord and do not be afraid of the people of that land because we will devour them. It literally says we'll eat them, which is weird. It's like they had their little Mike Tyson moment, you know, where they got weird. Like, don't get weird about it. Just we're going to go win a battle. Let's not get weird. He goes, their protection is gone, but the Lord is with us. And if God is with us, don't be afraid of them. And so you see these guys are like, no, no, no. Y'all want to run. We want to fight. And we are able because God is with us. And that's this whole idea. We're willing to fight for what we believe in. We're willing to fight for what we think God's telling us to do. We're willing to go to battle and fight. And there's got to be that in that inspirational hero. The inspirational hero is willing to fight. He's willing to sacrifice. He's willing to, to go over incredible obstacles if necessary to see what he thinks God has put in their heart. If you think about America, America was this way. The founding of America was this dream like the founding of America was this idea of we want freedom from oppression. We want freedom. We, we want to be our own nation where we can go freely worship. That's why we came over here to begin with. And we started on government. I, you need to know like the people that started this revolution, they believed and were willing to fight for America. This is, as a matter of fact, this is the final line of the Declaration of Independence. It says this, and it says, and for the support of this declaration, with firm reliance on the protection of the divine providence we mutually pledge to each other our lives our fortunes and our sacred honor see when i read the story of these guys i realized like these guys really fought for what they believed in and and it, it was more than words on a piece of paper because out of all the people that signed the declaration of independence let me tell you some of their stories carter baxton of virginia um he watched the british burn all of his ships he had to sell off his home to pay off his debts, and he died living in absolute poverty. John Hart was driven from his wife's bed while she was dying so he could escape and flee with him and his children, and they later died from exhaustion and a broken heart. Francis Lewis had his home and property destroyed. The enemy captured his wife, and she died in jail. Five of the signers were tortured and killed. Twelve had their home ransacked and burned. Two signers lost their sons. Two had their sons die in prison. Nine fought in the war themselves and died from their wounds or hardships over an idea, over a dream, over a cause, over something that they believed in. And so what you got to figure out as the inspirational hero is like, what do I believe in? What am I fighting for? What's my cause? What gives me some righteous, righteous indignation? What, what makes me kind of like pound the fist and say, this isn't right. I want to make a difference and go and actually do something about it. There's an old saying that says this, you start living when you have something worth dying for. But you actually start dying when you have nothing worth living for. What do you believe in? What do you care about? What are you fighting for? If there's an inspirational hero within you, it's not to play more video games or to binge watch Netflix. That's not inspirational. It's saying there's a cause worth fighting for. There's a story of a guy who did this when he went to China. Bob Pierce is um, is a gentleman. He was just a businessman at the time who went to China 
and he saw that the orphanages were so full that they couldn't let any more kids get in. And so they saw the, he saw these kids literally standing out lying in front of an orphanage trying to get food so they didn't starve to death. And it broke his heart. He'd never seen this. He had come from America and he'd never seen this before. And so as he's sitting there, he finds this little girl and, and her name was, um, was White Jade. And he goes, you know what? I can't help all these kids, but I can help one of them. And so he literally pulled out the only money he had, $5. And he gave it to this girl and said, here, this is for you. And he took her inside the orphanage and said, this is for her for today. And they said, we don't have, we can't afford to take any more kids on. He goes, no, 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 I know, I know you can't. So here's what I'm going to do. This is $5. This will get her through. I'm leaving to go home right now. I'm going to send money for you to take care of this girl. You know all those, those movements like Samaritan's Purse and Compassion International and World Vision? Bob Pierce started World Vision. And it started with one little girl and $5. They have fed and clothed over 100 million people. Started with one little girl and $5. He went, I promise you, he started World Vision. And then 10, 12 years later, he started Samaritan's Purse, who's now led by Billy Graham's son, Franklin Graham. And they, they're a relief agency and they're aid agency for people suffering all over the world. And how did it begin? It began with one guy and $5. So here's what I'm telling you. You may not be able to help 100 million people. That's not the goal. The goal is to help one. And you find that one and then you maybe find two and then it spreads like, well, I'm just telling you it has the ability because what you want to do is know this. You want to be the inspirational hero of somebody's story. So again, they stay positive when everybody else gets negative. They, they, they're willing to fight when everybody else runs away. And then lastly, they look forward when everyone else look back. Let me say that again. They look forward when everyone else runs back. We're going to read one more part of the story here. It's the last part. Now, if you, if you notice, everything we read was out of the book of Numbers because that's when they were going into the promised land. Of course, they didn't get in because they were a bunch of complainers and, and, and they were negative and slave mentality people. And so again, they, they had to go back into the desert for 40 years. But, everybody say but. That was late. Um, <laughs> but but you, you got to know this. Joshua and Caleb, the only two spies that were positive, that were willing to fight, God said, y'all are in. Everybody else, we're just going to let them die off in the wilderness. Y'all are in. And so this new generation led by Joshua and Caleb come full circle 40 years later. And this is what it says in Joshua chapter 14. It says, now then, just as the Lord promised, he has kept me alive for 45 years since the time he said this to Moses while Israel moved about in the wilderness. So here I am today, 85 years old. I love this line here. If you're, if you're 85 or older, you need to, this is your motto. You should get a tattoo. I am still as strong today as the day Moses sent me out. I am just as vigorous to go out to battle now as I was then. Isn't that awesome? I'm 84 years old. I will take on hell with a water gun. I'm ready to go. And you're like, you know, is that real? Is he like, I'm ready, you whippersnappers. I don't know. I, 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 I don't even care. The fact that this was his attitude. He's willing to fight. He's staying positive. And he's looking forward because I need you to see this. He had a dream for 45 years of one day. I'm getting in there. One day I'm going to see God's dream come to pass. One day I'm going to see what God has been, in, you know, kind of kept in store for. I'm going to see it come to pass. I'm going to see it fulfilled. And there's this great idea of you and I having that kind of vision for the future. 
As many of you are praying for your kids, you're praying for your marriage, you're praying for a certain friend, you're praying for a thing at work, you're praying for something about your future. And so you have this kind of vision. You have to stay positive. You have to keep fighting. And you need a vision. A vision is this, if you're taking notes. A vision is a mental picture of what could be fueled by the conviction that it should be. And that's what we all need. We all need that inspiration within us to say, you know what? It really all is is faith and hope. You ever notice that? It's just faith and hope. That's why Hebrews 11 says, now faith is the substance of things hoped for. It's just, it's just faith and hope. They weren't negative. They weren't complainers. They were willing to fight. And they say, hey, look, we got a picture. We got a vision, a mental vision of what could be fueled by the conviction that it should be and it ought to be. And you need that within you to be this inspirational hero because you need to sometimes be the hero of your own story. Big question though, who, whose story are you in? At some point you want somebody to tell their story and you played a role in it. You're the one that believed in them when no one else believed in them. You're the one that picked them up. Maybe you brought them to church and you're part of their salvation story. I don't know what it is, but at some point you need to be the hero of the story. There's this great kind of line from Alexander the Great. There's a story of when, uh, when he was going to fight the Persians he had to cross over water. And when he crossed over water to go fight the Persians, he, he realized that all of his men were afraid because they were incredibly outnumbered. He had this huge Persian empire. He didn't have that many Greek guys. And you were like, okay. But Alexander the Great was one of those kind of inspirational heroes in terms of like just his, his, uh, all that he accomplished in war and conquering all this stuff. And so this is what he does. He does something insane. He crosses over. And when he lands on dry ground, he's looking at his men. They're all scared. They're all nervous. And so he orders the ship's to be burned. That's correct. It's called burning your bridges, right? Like there is no retreat. No retreat, no surrender. There's no. And this is what he says to him. It's one of these, it's one of these lines like in a movie. And he says this, he goes, see your crafts going up in smoke and their ashes floating on the sea. That is our assurance that we shall be victorious for none of us can leave this despicable land unless we are victorious in battle. Men, when we go home, we're going home on our enemy's ships. That's just what, man, I, I want to be that guy. I want to be the person that so believes, that so hopes, that so trusts in God, that so is inspirational, that so senses the moment, that has a vision of the future of what could be, fueled by the conviction that it ought to be and it should be. And I want to do something great. But listen to me, you can't do it while complaining. You can't do it while being negative. Where does your mind go? Where do your thoughts go? Where do your words go? You can't do it while running. You can only do it while fighting. You have, to, you have to look ahead and have a vision for the future. So here's my big question for you. Who can I be the hero for? Who around me right now can I be the hero for? There's somebody, because see, here's the deal. God has called you not to win the world, but to win your world. God's got called you to like change the whole world in one, no, 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 change your world. So you have a world, you have a realm of influence, you have a space that God has given you. What can you do right now to be the hero of somebody else's story? Because one day they're going to tell a story. And when they put all the pieces together and they see how it all fits together, they're going to say, you know what? Because of the role that this person played in my life, what they did for me when I was struggling, what they did for me when I was full of doubt or discouraged, when I was down and out, when things were going good, this person stepped in and gave me the inspiration. They gave me the faith and the hope that I needed to convince me that I was able because God was with me. Let's pray this morning. I want you to pray. I want you to think. I want you to ask the question, God, who is it in my life? 
Maybe what environments, what places, where can I go make a difference? Where can I be the hero? Where can I step in and serve and give and sacrifice? Maybe, just, maybe it's just the words that I need to speak to somebody in their moment of need and crisis. How can I lift somebody else up and be their inspiration? To be their source of encouragement, their source of hope and faith? You know, can I just tell you, that's, that's my hope behind this whole church. As a matter of fact, when you think about like, when I think about like, God, what, what did you make me to do? What did you design me to do? I feel like I'm, I'm doing it. And that's why it's so important to me. New beginnings is so important to me. Legacy is so important to me because what I see this vision, this mental picture is I see a church that is constantly an inspiration to the world that we live in, an inspiration to the people around us, an inspiration. We are a place, hopefully. That's why, that's why legacy is so important is we want to build an environment that's constantly being the hero to somebody else's story. That seeing marriages restored, that seeing people get baptized and babies dedicated and people taught the word of God and people connecting to Christ so that one day when they tell their story, there will be an inspirational moment. I want you to play a role in that. So I want you to be an inspirational person in this place. But you're going to go home and you have a neighborhood and you have a job and you have friends and I want you to go and be an inspiration there. So our prayer this morning is God help us to rise to the occasion and to step into the moment And when everyone else is being negative, we'll be positive. When everyone else is running, God, we will stay and fight. God, when everyone is looking back, God, we will look forward. Help us to be that hero. We pray this in Jesus' mighty name. And we all said, amen. Can we give the Lord a big hand clap this morning? Thanks again for listening to the New Beginnings Podcast. For more information on New Beginnings Church, please visit us online at nbchurch.tv.